Making my way downtown. Walking past faces passing them homebound. Hello and welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week we'll be breaking down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. And this is our final episode of season two. Who could believe it? Like, I can't believe we're we're here. Um, I can't believe it. I know. It's it's wild. (laughs) Um, And just like last season, we'll be taking a few weeks off before season three, but we'll definitely be back in the meantime with bonus eps a la Hilaria part deux in case something like that happens. So I pray every day. (laughs) She's in for it. I'm, I'm sure of it. But Dana, what are we covering on this season finale episode? Today, we're talking about the royal family drama involving Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Yeah, I mean, this was a listener request from Annalisha, but, you know, obviously we just, we couldn't not do something about this. So if you have other ideas for us, make sure to send us some topics you want to get covered. You can shoot us a DM, you can send us an email. All of our info um, is within the description of the episode. So it's really not hard to find us, honestly. So um, <laughs> so back to Harry and Megan. Um, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry raised some eyebrows when they made plans to step down from their official royal roles in 2021. And then they shocked everyone yet again when they did a tell-all interview with Oprah. And in the interview, they definitely aired some dirty laundry about the royal family, and we just could not get enough. I mean, it was the gossip that the entire world, just like who was ravaged by COVID news, like we desperately (laughs) needed this interview, like we did. (laughs) Um, so let's learn a little bit more about these lovebirds and how they came to be. So Meghan Markle is an American former actress who's known for her role on the show Suits. I never watched the show. Did you guys? I did, actually. And I did like it. I don't watch USA. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Meghan Markle was on that show that Elise loved. But she's also <laughs> she's also biracial with a white dad and a black mom. And I'm only saying this because it race plays a pretty big deal in this whole story we're covering. Um, But then on the other hand, we have Prince Harry, honestly, pretty hot um, for being a cutest ginger I've ever (laughs) seen. I like gingers. So Prince Harry is obviously, as his name would suggest, a prince. Um, He's the youngest son of Princess Diana, love her forever, and Prince Charles, and is sixth in line for the throne of England. So Harry and Meghan got married in 2018, and then they had a child named Archie and are now expecting their second child. Yes. And from the moment that they started dating, the British press were like absolute dicks to Meghan. And this becomes a huge issue that still continues to be an issue today. Um, The British press have like a very sordid history with, um, you know, like you think like American paparazzi is bad, like the British press and tabloids are like so much worse. But even at one point, Prince Harry pleaded with the press to like stop trolling her and being mean to her, which is very un-British and very un- unlike the royal family. They just kind of are taught to like, you know, shut your mouth and take it. And though very nice shining armory of him, his request just like didn't do much. And the couple faced even more scrutiny because like we said, the British press are dicks. And the couple has gone through a lot together. So I would love to know what their bywheel is like. And for those of you new to this, a bywheel is when you overlap the charts of two people and you get to see how their planets interact. And by seeing how their planets interact, you get an idea of kind of how they are in their relationship together. Okay, so Prince Harry was born on September 15th, 1984 at 4.20 p.m. in Paddington, England. And he is a Capricorn rising, a Virgo sun, and a Taurus moon. 
this is an earth trine and I deem that as like very hot and very rich. Um, again, like I said, he's my type. And so the cap rising, like these people approach life with responsibility in mind. They're organized. They like to take charge. Um, Virgo sons are also organized and like very anal retentive. Their destiny is to be of service. And like he served in the British military uh, and he's a Taurus moon, which is like sensual. They're hot. They like baths and money. Um, Taurus is like the sign that represents <laughs> money. I'm, uh, they like baths and money. Yeah. I love yeah. a, a standard Taurus moon always. Uh, I yes. same. Um, and like he loves his home and he loves his family and like loyalty and security for himself and his loved ones are literally the most important needs in his life. And then uh, Megan was born on August 4th, 1981 at 4.46 a.m. in L.A. Um, and she is a Cancer rising, a Leo sun and a Libra moon. And I like Megan because she's a hot American stirring up trouble <laughs> uh, internationally. And I just really sings to me. Yeah. And this is not the first time a hot American has stirred up trouble for the royal family. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Hot tip. So it so. Queen Elizabeth's dad was not supposed to be the king of England, if you ever saw the king's speech and or the crown. And so basically, her dad is the is the Harry of his family. He's the second youngest son. And oh. his older brother um, abdicated the throne so he could marry a hot American divorcee actress, which oh, hell who yeah. else is a hot American divorcee actress? Meghan Markle. Maggie, oh. Maggie girl. Maggie. So this, the, the royal family has a lot of like cyclical, like cycles of a cyclical cycle. What a fucking it. That sounded like <laughs> the dumbest thing I've ever said. No, oh, it sounded brilliant. God. You're a hot American stirring up trouble. You're a hot American. Thank you. That's all I strive to be a hot American to stir up trouble. So this is very, it's very interesting how this is playing out, but it's, uh, it's much different than sort of like what was happening when I think this, that was in like the 19, like thirties or forties. So anyway, back to Megan. Um, so Megan is a cancer rising. This is like MILF energy. She's super in touch with her needs, her body and the needs of her loved ones. Um, which she's like extremely protective of her family, her kin. Um, and she's changeable and tenacious because the moon is the chart ruler or the moon is her chart ruler. And so this is a celestial body that changes signs most frequently, which makes uh, people with cancer placements more prone to depression or like just sensitive mood states because they're touched by it. Literally, like the moon changes signs every two and a half days. So they have to like change a lot uh, with it. And her Leo son, this is like super actor energy. She's destined to perform. She feels most herself when she's putting on a show. On like this isn't fake, but she can ham it up, and she's aware that she's always being watched, like even before she ever was. So she wants to be in control of that narrative. Um, and then her Libra moon. This means that she feels safest when her relationships are like strong and intact, and she's aware of others. Like if someone in her like family or one of her like children uh, are at any sort of risk, she's automatically in distress. And this is because Libra is a sign of partnership. And so in their bi wheel. Um, Harry's Capricorn rising is opposite Megan's Cancer rising, which means that their ascendants are in each other's seventh houses. And the ascendant is always in the first house. And the sign here indicates how you approach the world. Uh, it's the rising. The qualities of this sign and aspects of the ascendant like color your primary perspective in life. And then the seventh house is always opposite the first house. And this is the house of marriage and partnership and contracts and anything related to binding agreements and uh, like commitment. It's also a zone of projection and it's an area where there's an opportunity for growth because like when your partner's ascendant falls in your seventh house, uh, your ascendant automatically falls in their seventh house. And this is like a very much a relationship. It's a huge learning opportunity. It fosters interpersonal growth because they are showing you what you can't always see yourself. 
Um, and then Megan Mars is exactly conjunct Harry's descendant, which is the point of the partner and Mars is sex and power. And so this indicates powerful attraction and just a very horny vibes. <laughs> Be horny vibes <laughs> indeed. And so to recap what everything that Dana just said, um, <laughs> Harry's uh, big three is Virgo sun, Capricorn rising, and a Taurus moon. And Megan's big three is a Leo sun, a Cancer rising, and a Libra moon. And when you look at their charts together, Harry and Megan feel very protective towards each other, have a very intense attraction, and generally will probably learn a lot and grow together through their relationship. So I think they're a good match. Yeah. And I feel when you look at them, you could tell they're into each other. It's very cute. Yes. This is not a, I don't believe this is like a PR relationship, really. Oh, same. The sexual tension is palpable. (laughs) (laughs) So Harry and Meghan decide to leave their royal roles for realsies at the beginning of 2021. And not too many people were surprised because... Harry and Meghan were always bitching about the unfair treatment of Meghan by the deranged UK media. In fact, Harry basically said the press is exactly why they needed to dip. And the UK press has a history of honestly being the worst. Yeah. And they've uh, attacked and harassed Meghan like for the past few years. But Harry also saw this with his mom, which we'll which we'll get to later. But, you know, they've made up like really bizarre conspiracy theories that her pregnancy was fake. She was a sleeper agent for the U.S., like even though we're straight up allies Um, (laughs) and like a big comparison that has been talked about is how the press talks about Kate versus Megan and, you know, and how the press would attack Megan for things that they previously praised Kate for doing. So like if Kate like wanted avocados when she was pregnant, it was like, Oh, cute. She craves avocados. And Megan on the other hand could say she craved avocados and they would like go after her like rabid animals for saying she loves a food that leads to water shortages. So it's like very bizarre. Um, They even compared Megan and Harry's son Archie to a chimpanzee, which is like so racist. It's, like not even okay to talk about i know but yeah that is insane wait what what? they did that yes (laughs) they did and you know obviously we saw how much the like royal family and the press were like obsessed with like what color would archie's skin be like all this shit yeah. Is wild. Looking at Megan and her big three, I think something that stood out to me was her Libra moon. And it really makes me feel for her even more just because, you know, Libras strive to please people. Like they really like this like harmony and they don't want to make anyone upset. So just knowing that she tries really hard to like make everyone happy and kind of keep everything in even keel. But no matter what she does, the press messes with her makes me really sad like it must be hard Mm -hmm. but Megan aside the UK press is notorious for being very aggressive you know we have tabloids here in America but it doesn't hold a candle to what happens in the UK the UK tabloids are widely read there's a ton of them and there's a bunch of competition between the different tabloids so to stay on top a lot of the UK press will really kind of think outside the box and do whatever it takes to go after a story or in a lot of cases they will make a story up so their constant harassment throughout the years has made a lot of people in the public eye very tense and very like aware of their public image but it also has led to people killing themselves like the former 
host of one of my favorite UK shows, Love Island. Yeah, it's like we said, it's really no joke. And knowing all of this and the influence of the UK press has had in Harry and Meghan's um, life and their decision to step down, I feel like we should look at the Bible between the press and, and Meghan. Okay, so how to do that? We have a founding date for the Daily Mail, which is Britain's most circulated tabloid, and that's May 4th, 1896 in London. And uh, I looked at this in Megan. And so the press, like the Daily Mail's Jupiter in Leo is conjunct Megan's North Node. And Jupiter is like loud and expansive. Um, and it's about like beliefs. Um, and in Leo, this relates to like the individual or like uh, and like performances. The nodes are eclipse points and they relate to our destinies and they can be thought of as like the North Pole and a compass. Um, and so sh- this is like expanding and shining a light on her destiny in a way, or it's like uh, maybe like unavoidable that this would happen to her, like of the negative press. And then also press or the Daily Mail's Mercury and Gemini's conjunct Megan's part of fortune. And the part of fortune is a point calculated based on your sun, moon and rising. And it relates to events that occur in your life that are beyond your control and or things that happen to your body and thus your image. And Mercury rules Gemini um, and communication. So Mercury in, is at home in Gemini. Um, it also rules press and like anything related to the minds. And like this is like big gossipy energy. So this kind of like makes the paper or the Daily Mail more likely to sort of like ham up like big stories about her because again leo jupiter and leo like isn't it's not a lying uh placement but it's not uh concerned necessarily with the truth because it's like about playing roles and like making them big and with like mercury uh in gemini it's like let's talk let's talk let's talk like let's just say things and then and then we find out what they're true after we've said them yeah and this to me is very crazy all these placements and how they interact with megan just because you know, I feel like this is one of those times we say this every episode, but the astrology is really coinciding with real world events in a way that is almost like too good to be true. So to sum up what Dana just said, the Daily Mail has Jupiter and Leo, which is, you know, like very expansive, but it's also like holding up a magnifying glass to like self image. It's also very like, look at me. And it's interacting with Megan's North Node. And that's going to show that the press is, especially the Daily Mail, is going to have a role in her destiny and the de- and like the direction that her life is going in, which obviously that happened. And the Daily Mail's Mercury's and Gemini, which just really, really gets me because Mercury is in Mercury and Gemini is interacting with Megan's part of fortune, which shows that the press is honestly nonstop talking about her to a point that's going to affect her and her self-image, and she can't really do anything about it. Yeah. Harry and Meghan stepping down really divided the people of England. Some people think it's like super progressive that they wanted to go off and live their own lives. But others see them as brats that were like complaining about their seamlessly, uh, seemingly easy royal duties. And in the UK, the royal family receives money from this grant from the government. And along with that grant comes certain rules, like not being able to make your own money while also having to grant the press access to a lot of areas of the royal family's lives. So it's a really um, it's not as like easy as like, oh, I'm going to like live in this castle and like wear jewels and like everything's easy peasy. Yeah, they yeah. can't make money from their merch line if they're living in the castle. <laughs> they cannot. They cannot have a merch line. Um, but obviously, like knowing that the press gets all this access to the royal, the lives of the royals. Obviously, knowing Meghan's relationship with the UK press, like they weren't really going to be down with that. 
So after their exit is official, they have an interview with our Lord and Savior, Oprah. And tea Chicago's own. Chicago's own. Honestly, it literally feels like an exit interview with like an HR person. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Well said. So from talking to Oprah, there were a few takeaways, but one of the bigger topics was that there's some racism going on. Um, allegedly, someone within the royal family was wondering about the skin color of Harry and Meghan's baby. It was also pretty sus that Archie, their son, was told he would not have a title or get any personal personal security. It is not okay, but is that that surprising? This is no. the oldest and whitest institution in the world. Like, how can that surprise you? What world are you living in? Yeah, it's it. This is just really like it shouldn't be a surprise, but it's like. It's literally pulling back the curtain to reveal all the ugliness that's been there all along. And, you know, I think going back to like Megan's what what Dana was saying about Megan's Libra moon when she like is very aware that if someone in her kin or offspring are at risk, she's automatically in distress. So like, can you imagine how hard it was for her to be told that her son would not be getting any security protection because they chose to leave. Like, no wonder she was in such like a state of emotional distress of like, you know, okay, fine. Like maybe Harry and I can live without security, but like my son, like he has to go to school. He has to like be in the world and he gets nothing, like no protection. So, so speaking of emotional distress, before we continue, we just want to say that the rest of this episode should come with a trigger warning because we are going to be talking about things like suicidal thoughts, um, self-harm, and eating disorders. So definitely, you know, if, you, if this is something that might cause you distress, please don't continue to listen to the episode. But we just wanted to let you know and that we're sensitive to these to these issues. So back to the Oprah interview. Another big reveal that shocked people was Megan's battle with suicidal thoughts. Um, Megan went into her position in the royal family kind of blindly again like we said you know this she was walking straight into like one of the most racist institutions but you know people were probably really nice to her face and you know she she might not have realized like all that it entailed and i think it was a really rude awakening when she realized the lack of autonomy that she had being in this family like she couldn't really do anything without her own permission you know and that compiled with like the press harassment, it just, she said it led her to consider killing herself, which, you know, like Dana was mentioning, you know, she has that cancer placement that's just sort of like, it makes you really vulnerable and in a scary position. And a lot of people that I think said, oh, I, you know, you're, didn't like Bethany do say a tweet, like you're a little bitch, like, oh, you, you, you like live in a castle, like you have no problems. And it's yeah. like, you know, like this should shine a light. Like everybody has problems. Bethany literally has had so many massive public breakdowns on The Real Housewives. So it's like, come on, Bethany, like your life isn't so fucking bad either. You know, instead of a, a castle, you live in a goddamn penthouse. So it's like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, it really is glass, a glass houses situation. Glass, <laughs> glass castles. House, yes, glass castles in this case. So, I mean, her coming out and saying that was you know, very eye opening. But the double takes didn't end there because Megan also claimed that when she went to the royal family to bring up this situation and the fact that, you know, she was having these suicidal thoughts, they told her to get over it, mostly because it wouldn't be a good luck look for the royal family. And this probably does seem incredibly harsh to us. But you have to remember that British people are not about that emotional life. This is a culture where for the majority of their existence, they were just told to 
push all their emotions down until they probably like got cancer or something. Keep calm and carry on, which like is now I think a Pinterest like, yeah, Pinterest quote, keep calm and carry on. That literally was a thing because bombs were raining down on England in World War One, and they Winston just- Churchill said that after three yeah. days of being on like dextroamphetamine because he had to like lead the armies twenty four seven. He didn't know what being calm really meant when he said it, but but <laughs> goddamn, he led the army, so good for him. So British people are known for having a stiff upper lip. They are like unswayable. That's the way they're supposed to be. They're not supposed to show that they have problems or like that they're emotional. That's just for regular ass British people. So for the <laughs> royal family. It's like, keep calm and carry on on steroids. But Harry and Meghan also revealed that there is some family drama involving Harry's daddy, Prince Charles. And Prince Charles, if you guys have seen The Crown, like, you know, he's fucking sucks ass. (laughs) But, you know, Charles, he's a real man child. And, you know, he allegedly stopped taking their calls after the couple said they wanted to leave their royal duties. And this is a pretty big piece of gossip that the family is pretty fragmented because, like Sarah said, like, they want to keep a united front at all times. And so I feel like we have to look at the bywheel between Prince Charles and Harry um, to reveal how, how big these daddy issues might might be. <laughs> Charles was born on November 14th, 1948 at 9.14 p.m. in London. So uh, he has a Scorpio sun, a Taurus moon, and um, a Leo rising, and he was born on a, a Taurus full moon eclipse, which is interesting. Um, I take back what I said about Taurus moons. <laughs> no. I can't <laughs> well, believe he has Well, all placements can be That's all so things. Crazy. There are so many aspects and so many different variables that He's we... He's a bad type of Taurus moon. You know what this reminds me of? What? Like, because Taurus moons are so sensual, and I would never imagine him being sensual. But remember when that that telephone conversation between him and Camilla came out, and oh it was like them talking, and he's like, yes. "I wish I could be your tampon." <laughs> oh you know, it's God. really, really hard to make me break, so and that disgusting. makes me want to go in a hole. That tampon thing. Okay, so they both have Venus and Libra. They both have Mars and Sagittarius. Both of their moons are in Taurus and both of their north nodes are in Taurus. So what I'm looking at here is comparing the similarities. And so Venus and Mars are planets that relate to uh, like the attraction principle often. Um, Venus is love, beauty, and like willing things to come to you. Mars is sex, aggression, survival, and penetration. The moon is what makes us feel safe and secure. And the north node is an eclipse point of fate and destiny. And so I've seen a lot of discourse regarding the similarities between Megan and Diana. And I don't dispute those and we'll touch on them later. But I'm interested in these similarities shared by Harry and Charles. And they're interesting to me because I think that like we often inherit our parents' tastes and patterns. And this kind of like highlights that. So it's like I think they could be drawn to similar women too, right? Ooh, Very much so. And I think, like you said, they inherit traits from their parents. And like, luckily, Harry got to inherit traits from Diana, whereas Prince Charles, you know, his mother was the queen. And like, I'm not knocking the queen of England, but, you know, there's not there's she, she definitely wasn't a warm and fuzzy mom, for sure. Like, she did not give him any like emotional, like stability, really. She was like, I mean, busy, her other like, son was best friends country. with Jeffrey Epstein. So <laughs> yeah, if you see how all the, the kids turned out, like, I think there's a big difference. And you know, I think uh, who their mom is made a big one. But um, <laughs> a big one, you know, Harry and Charles have a ton of similar placements. Like I was very surprised to see how similar that they actually were. Um, and it will influence them in similar ways when it comes to 
what they value, what they love, how they show initiative and anger, how they express emotions and like even their destiny, which is definitely interesting. But I'm also wondering, is there anything in their charts like that would be causing tension between them? Yeah. So I think that they just like see and approach life differently. Harry's son is in Virgo. He's ruled by Mercury. Um, which is ruled by Mercury, and it's like the most and only neutral planet uh, in the solar system. And his rising is in Capricorn, which is ruled by Saturn, which is the planet of restraint, commitment, and reverence. And contrarily, Charles' son in, uh, in Scorpio is ruled by Mars, which can make him more suspicious and impulsive and action-oriented. Mm-hmm. It can make him act in ways that are like, you know, just like uh, dicey or like shady. And then his uh, rising in Leo is ruled by this Scorpio sun. And so also like wants to be seen in like needs validation whereas um it's a lot different than like uh harry's like more tempered you know approach to life yeah so it seems like harry definitely has that more like restrained neutral like committed vibe and charles is a little more like impulsive secretive action oriented which like yeah you have to be to carry along like a 20 something year like straight up affair like that's fucking commitment to shadiness right there (laughs) Back to the Oprah interview, now that we know a bit more about the dynamic between Harry and Charles. The Oprah interview raked in the ratings. There were over 17 million people who watched in the U.S., and there were millions more in the U.K. And the next day, it was everywhere. Every outlet was talking about it. It was trending on social. So what are the transits of this day? And if I had to guess, I'm going to say Mars in Gemini. We love Ooh. a Mars and Gemini. How yes. could you have known? Um, <laughs> Mars 7th, 2021. Yeah, Mars is in Gemini, um, conjunct Megan's part of fortune again. So Mars and Gemini is empowered to go off and isn't afraid to point out details or calls it like it sees it. Um, it's like empowered to do so. And then again, the part of fortune is this point of fate in our charts that's calculated based on a, you know, your big three. And it's connected with fated moments or things basically outside of um, a person's control especially things that connect to our, you know, body and our image. And so these are all in Megan's 12th house, which is uh, her Gemini house. And so the 12th house is about secrets. And so I think that with Mercury ruling this house, it's likely that she's filled with secrets. Like we just got a real little taste. And so I know I'm really crossing my fingers that she tells us more. (laughs) Um, And then the South Node in Sagittarius was conjunct Harry's Mars. And the South Node, again, uh, is an eclipse point. And it's also connected with faded moments, but it's an astronomical calculation based on the moon. And in Vedic astrology, it's um, considered a malefic or like a foreboding point. And I'm still not decided how I feel about the nodes in terms of like negative or positive connections. But I do find that the South Node often can like harken back to the past, almost like a planet that's retrograding. And so I think that this kind of um, this aspect signifies like like them stepping down from the royal family, like his removal from the royal family since uh, Mars is about like power and survival. And so this is like him going off on his own. Yeah. So like, obviously, I think it was January 2021. That was the official date. But I think this, like Dana said, like this was like the true in the public's eyes, like this is how he removed himself from his family. And so to recap, the day the Oprah interview aired, Mars was surprise in Gemini. So that gets people talking always those Gemini placements. People are always chatting and this transit (laughs) happening in Megan's 12th house deals with secrets. Um, So this was definitely the right time for her to spill the proverbial tea. And (laughs) Harry also had a transit that would like really make him separate himself from his past, which that's deep. Besides all the goss people were salivating over, 
there was a lot of realization that Meghan seemed like another V famous member of the royal family who was also known for stirring shit up. Harry's own mother, the one, the only, an eternal icon, the people's princess, Princess Diana. Woo! I love her so yeah, I much. I want to like clap like, I know. when I hear her name. She's so amazing. I, I wish that you did every time. Yeah. <laughs> every time we say Diana, I just start clapping. <laughs> so in fact, a lot of people say that Harry said he wanted to marry someone like his mother, which normally to me is murdery. But in this instance, I think it's cute. It is very <laughs> cute. And if you don't know who Princess Diana was, which like what? Um, she was truly an amazing, amazing woman. She was married to Prince Charles, and she was very well known for her glamour and her activism. And before dying in an insanely tragic car accident, she took the world by storm and everyone was truly obsessed with her, like worldwide phenomenon obsessed. Yes. And I am one of those people because to me, Diana, the more I learn about her, the more I think she is the fucking coolest. She was very carefree and confident. In fact, in the 80s, she danced with John Travolta at the White House Gala. And you have to remember, (laughs) oh my God, I'm obsessed with this. Like you have to remember during this time, John Travolta wasn't like a weird, bald Scientologist. This was his prime, like peak hotness. And everyone, when she danced with him at this gala, lost it. It was like everybody was talking about, they were like, oh my God, she's so cool. And from that moment, everybody wanted to be around Diana. Like she was very popular. Her popularity caused tension in her marriage because her husband, Prince Charles, was just very like very bitter that he wasn't the center of attention anymore. So he just pouted and sulked all the time like a giant baby. Yeah, he was such a dick to her. Like literally because people liked her more than him, which is crazy. But Diana, like, didn't act like a royal at all. And we have to remember, like, she was also extremely young, like, when they got married. She was, like, 20 or something, like, 19 when they got engaged. So she was, like, literally just about to, like, hit her prime. Um, And she, you know, royals just have this kind of cold veneer and maintain, like, a very, like, a hard separation from the general public. But that really wasn't Diana's style. And she, it wasn't just, like, she was cool with celebrities or diplomats. Like, She was very philanthropic and she really cared about everyday people. Yeah, she had a lot of charities that were very important to her. But one thing she did that had a major impact on kind of culture and the way people see things was she shook the hand of an AIDS patient without wearing gloves. And this might not sound dramatic, but when she did this, it was during the 80s. And this was when the AIDS pandemic was really hitting. People still didn't know that much about it. And people honestly thought you could get AIDS from shaking someone's hand. So her doing this, like, changed the perception. And she did it on, yeah, yeah, she, like, everybody was like, oh, what? She was like, oh, you think you could get AIDS? Look at this, bitch. Like, look at me shake his hand. When Diana would meet people, she was very, it was very important to her to get on the level of the person, just, like, be on that same level, whether it was a person in a wheelchair or a small child. Like she just knew how to communicate with people in a very genuine and sincere way, which is why everyone loved her so much. Like she was truly the people's princess. She wasn't another dusty old bitch. And, you know, I would like love to know. I need to know her big three. Um, She's a Sagittarius rising, a Cancer sun and an Aquarius moon. She was born on July 1st, 1961 at 745 p.m. in Sandringham, England. Um, (laughs) 
Sandringham. Sandringham. Yeah, I, I can't do a British accent. Um, <laughs> so Sagittarius Risings is uh, committed to social justice, uh, needs physical activity and movement. So not really a great placement for, to be confined. Uh, like literally they need to like move to like be like healthy and sane and like need freedom to come and go. She's a dancer. Yeah. She loves how gorgeous. She loves to dance. She's a love to dance. Um, <laughs> and she had a cancer son. So this is kind of like uh, cancer. Megan's cancer rising. This placement um, can be prone to like mood. I don't want to say mood disorders. I'm not a doctor, but like, I mean, just like depressive states are like, you know, they're sensitive. They're vulnerable. Like a, a crab, like, you know, want to protect themselves. And because it's ruled by the moon. And so the moon often has to do with what we direct inward because the moon relates to emotions and sort of like things that are happen to our body. Um, which also includes like psychosomatics. It also has to do with our physical bodies. And so emotions can be manifested in her body. And the sun relates to destiny. And this placement also makes her extremely sensitive to like energies around her, which include the people around her. And so cancers are like super tenacious and they want to accommodate the needs of those they love. Um, and with her Sagittarius rising, like Diana, like loves the world, especially those who don't have as much or, you know, are like in distress. And so her Aquarius moon, like this could make her like maybe, you know, have some of that like royal glamour, like that aloofness. Maybe like it can also I don't want to say necessarily out of touch with her own needs because like, I almost doubt that a cancer son ever could be. But she might view her needs with in the context of like the collective or as related to the collective. And like so like when you view your needs from like 30,000 feet, you're less likely to take care of yourself in comparison to everything else you see going on in the world. But like, she's more likely to keep things under wrap, which uh, could like, you know, make for a huge surprise when this interview aired. Everyone's like, oh, you have like, uh, you know, personal issues. You know, she was so young when she like entered the royal family that I think like she understood like what she needed, but because of her like royal duties and maybe this Aquarius moon placement, she might not have been able to find a healthy balance between, you know, taking care of herself and taking care of others. So I think, you know, obviously like wisdom comes with age, but I think that this was a hard placement, a hard placement to have and not like feel guilty about like putting your own needs first. Yeah. So to recap, Princess Diana's big three, she was that Cancer Sun, a Sad Rising and an Aquarius Moon. And, you know, I think that that really makes sense for her. Just to like reiterate about her Aquarius Moon, like she's aware of her needs, but she's also like been to Africa and she's held starving children in her lap. Like she knows that there's like, bigger shit going on outside of her and so her needs might pale in comparison i think uh when you literally come so close with like the distress of the world and you are royal yes so diana for that reason was very beloved by people but torn up by the tabloids like sounds like someone else we just talked about So she ends up getting a divorce from Prince Charles because he's old and boring and is cheating on her with this boring woman, Camilla Parker Bowles. So Diana does an interview on BBC where she airs some dirty laundry. And this is not a thing you do in Britain because if you're a royal, you are tight lit. You know, research I've done, people do talk about this transformation of Diana. Like she started off kind of being like unsure of herself and like a little quiet But then eventually, as things went on, she really kind of like stepped into her power. Like she would start dressing super stylish and, you know, people thought she was hot. So she was like hot and powerful, but also very nice. So I feel like her going on this for this interview, she was probably like, listen, bitch, now I'm about to tell my story because I'm hot. Yeah, and nice. I doubt that she was, she was like that going into it. Fast forward, um, you know, she... 
she does this amazing interview with the BBC where she talks about her mental health, her struggles with bulimia and self-harm, her husband's affair. Um, One of the best quotes uh, from that interview was she notoriously said, there were three people in our marriage. So it was a bit crowded, which like, damn, like, oh my God. You know, she very candidly talked about um, her own affair, her her lack of support from the royal family. And again, like we mentioned, British people like do not believe in mental health, basically. And so, you know, and again, this was the 90s. So, you know, when Me- Megan talking about it now was brave, but like her Diana talking about it then when like the world was not hip to the idea of taking care of your mental health was like huge. Yes. And this interview was seen as insanely controversial. It got a lot of criticism. The palace, they were just completely blindsided. And a lot of people thought Diana was retaliating against her boring ass weird husband. Nonetheless, it was all anyone could talk about. So what was happening in the skies the day of her interview? So this was November 20th, 1995. Um, And Pluto had just entered Sagittarius 10 days earlier on November 10th from Scorpio, where it had been transiting Diana's 12th house uh, since 1984. So for 11 years. And Sagittarius is a sign that represents truth and Pluto uh, and the 12th house both share a theme of secrets. And so this is kind of like just like, you know, it coming out into the open. It's now in her first house. It can be not only accessed by her, like, but it's like within her control. So Pluto's also uh, relates to control. And so in the 12th house, it's about kind of like losing control or surrendering control. And so this is now it's like within her own control. And then also the sun was conjunct Mercury and Scorpio that day. And it was in Diana's 12th house of secrets. And so the sun illuminates and Mercury relates to communication. So and Scorpio also is about secrets and depth psychology and like the truth that lives in our guts. So I think that's pretty cool. There were just two transits that were really going to illuminate the truth and expose some secrets, which definitely happened during this interview. But this wasn't like an interview of a scorned wife. Like, I think she really wanted to talk about the royal family like as a whole and like the impact of that, you know, not just like, oh, my husband had an affair. I think there were a lot of like really important parts of that interview that a lot of people sort of glossed over to like focus on like the Prince Charles aspect of it. Even to be like, oh, I'm bulimic. Like people were like, this was kind of like the age when people were still like, I just look this way. <laughs> it was like, no, you yeah, no. <laughs> so this interview happened about 25 years ago, but it was very groundbreaking. And as you could see, we're still talking about it today. So when you compare Diana and Megan, there are quite a few things that they have in common. For starters, they were both outsiders in their own respective ways. And they told the royal family's dusty ass, like, go fuck themselves. You have to remember that the royal family loves tradition. They do things by the book. And when they have to deviate from that book, they do not like it. And in both of these women's cases, the royal family had to abandon protocol. Yeah, and the royal family has a mantra that says, never complain and never explain. And that's their approach to responding to rumors and accusations. Like, they keep that shit behind closed doors. But in both of these cases of Diana and Meghan, they just, like, couldn't do that anymore. Um, For Diana, uh, the queen had to come forward after her death and acknowledge, like, the immense loss and grieving her country was going through. Yes. Complaining and and explaining are literally, like, my driving forces in life. (laughs) But something to keep in mind is that, you know, British people are not about that life. They don't like emotions. They stuff things down until they get ulcers. 
But with Diana's <laughs> death, literally the entire country was hysterical. Like people were sobbing on the streets and that's not even hyperbole. Like people just went fucking nuts. The queen even bowed when Diana's casket rolled past during Diana's funeral procession. And I remember looking at that and being like, yes, like, yes. I love yeah. that. It made me cry you a little. I was like, seven. <laughs> I know. To preface, like, there's a lot we could talk about for Diana's, about Diana's death. And we will probably save that for another episode. So we're not going to get too deep into it because we're keeping things focused on Megan and Harry and Diana. But, um, you know, again, we'll probably get into that in season three. But back to Megan. Both Megan and Diana seem to have a bunch in common. So I would love to know what's going on in their bi Ooh, yes, this is going to be a good one. So Megan's Neptune and Sagittarius is conjunct Diana's Ascendant. Um, this is interesting to me. So Neptune is obscurity and transcendence. And in Sagittarius, it can make it hard to see the truth or like literally in touch with the divine truth. And Sagittarius also relates to religion. Um, and Megan's Neptune conjunct Diana's rising means like it could be like she it's possible that she can skew Diana's approach or like level it up in a way where it's like some sort of uh, what's the word like some sort of like d- divine connection. Um, and then also she has Pluto and Libra conjunct Diana's midheaven. And Pluto is a planet of control, power and secrets. And Libra relates to partnership and justice. The midheaven is a, like the point of your legacy in your chart. So Megan's Pluto conjunct Diana's midheaven could mean that uh, Megan will literally have something to do with changing or revealing secrets about Diana's legacy. Like she could control Diana's legacy in a way that I think would be interesting. Um, and also Megan's Mars and Cancer is conjunct Diana's sun. And so Mars, again, is power and the sun is like your spirit. And so it's possible that literally Megan might actually like hold the reins of power regarding Diana's legacy in a way. And uh, Mars and Cancer is really all about protection and preservation. And so it's like, I'm just really interested to see how that plays out. So when we compare their charts, we see that Megan is going to have some sort of effect on Diana's legacy. Maybe it'll be revealing some info, which I hope, like, I'm sure she knows some intel as commoners don't. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I really wanted her in that Oprah interview to be like, oh, by the way, the royal family killed Diana. Mike drop. Yeah. Everyone's just like, boop, boop, boop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think Megan's waiting till she can like publish a memoir and like actually make money off of these um, secrets. But it's so fascinating to me that, you know, Diana, the money that she ended up leaving to Harry, which we found out in the interview, kind of like saved them when the British family like so abruptly like cut them off and like obviously like neither one of them are poor like they would have been fine like tyler perry took care of them like until their merch line is but you know it's almost like harry was sort of like i feel like my mom like wanted me to have money not tied to the royal family because she knew that it was dangerous and that you know like that wasn't uh, a way like it's almost like he said it's almost like she saw this coming which i thought was really interesting but i love that you know to to just sum it all up Diana and Megan are some real trailblazers and pain in the royal family's asses. And 2021, it's like started off with a bang for Megan and Harry. So Dana, like, what do you think is going to be coming up next for them? I think Megan will just like alter Diana's legacy in a way that proves to be ultimately satisfying uh, for me, for everyone, and uh, <laughs> hopefully like spiritually relieving too for the public and especially for yeah. Harry. It's going to, I'm like really looking forward to to what they're going to be doing um, and seeing where, where this new life takes them. But you guys, that's a wrap on season two. Yay! Yay! I know it's crazy. Thank you so much to everyone for listening, following us, leaving reviews. We've just had a ton of support from not just our our friends, but our our internet (laughs) friends and new friends alike. So um, we haven't been doing this this long and we, we hope to continue doing it. So 
we're we're very grateful to you all. Yes, so thank grateful. you. Love it you. It makes me so happy. Dana's uh, Leo rising is so grateful yeah, to you. I'm, <laughs> I'm so validated, honestly. Thank you. <laughs> so validated. Um, so once again, just like last season, we'll be taking a break. But if you miss us, you could always listen to some of our most popular episodes, like Hilaria, always a classic. It's <laughs> literally classic. our top episode um the salem witch trials and john benet ramsey so check those out yeah, and i like nancy and tanya yeah nancy and tanya is good too please also leave us a five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen on yeah reviews definitely matter so if you leave us one on apple Podcasts, you can dm us or email us a screenshot of your review and we'll make you a custom meme of your big three and send you a quick write-up about it and don't forget to follow us we're allegedly astrology on Instagram, Reddit, and Hey Hero, and allegedly Astro on Twitter. I'm Elise. I'm Dana. And I'm Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology. Allegedly Astrology.